It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! It's the Orange do it again. The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Here we go, Orange Nation, on a Tuesday. 315-437-7644 is the phone number. Give us a call, stop on by. You can join us on Twitter as well, at Seth Goldberg 17 at ESPN Syracuse. Don't forget, you can watch the show at Facebook.com, our page ESPN Syracuse. There's a, a live stream right now. Just click the video button. You can hear it there. Of course, ESPNSyracuse.com and the ESPN app as well. Seth Goldberg with you. Stephen Fonte off again. He'll be back on Thursday. Big show ahead as Alan Griffin will join the show in about 15 minutes or so. Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com in about an hour and 15 minutes or so. And plenty more to get to as Syracuse firmly on the bubble, doing some more bubble watching last night. As Oklahoma continues to fall, I'll tell you later on why I think they're safe, especially in comparison to Syracuse. It looks like Louisville is falling further and further. I think a game last night that very very well may have been a play-out game in Notre Dame and Miami. Winner not necessarily in. But I think the loser might have lost out in that game last night. We'll, we'll we'll get to that a bit later on as well. But Syracuse right now in a position that they can very easily still make the NCAA tournament. Right at this moment, I don't know that I would put them in. I said that yesterday. That's what I talked about yesterday. But the good news is they've got three opportunities to address what I think is the most glaring weakness on this resume. A legitimate signature top 25 win. They don't have that right now. They don't. Their best win is Buffalo, 30th in the Carrier Dome. And if you look at some of the advanced metrics, Buffalo is not a top 30 team. But they are based on the RPI. It counts as a quadrant one game. You take it, you run if you're Syracuse. With that being said... They've got three opportunities here against legitimate top 20 teams. Clemson, UNC, and Duke. And if you can win one of them, you start to differentiate yourself. If you win two of them, you've really set yourself apart and put yourself in the tournament. And that's what I think this comes down to for this Syracuse team as far as it takes making the tournament. And that's why I say two wins here in this last four-game stretch is probably enough. You take care of business by going and beating Boston College, and no knock on Boston College, but if you're truly an NCAA tournament team, go beat them. Right? It's the same thing we said against Pittsburgh, against Louisville. If you are a tournament team, go beat them. And and Louisville was a little bit more of a a prove-it-to-me game, as was Miami. Prove to me that you can go beat a team that is on or around your level. And I think now Syracuse has to do that next week with my, with Boston College and then get one more. Can it be tomorrow night? Can it be tomorrow night? Another one of these late February games 
where, you know what, Syracuse comes in and they, they welcome a team to the Carrier Dome that's a, a, a big top 20 mo- team, and they knock them off. We saw it last year, nearly a year ago today, with Syracuse beating Duke in the Dome. I believe it was February 22nd last season. So it'll be nearly a year to the day that UNC comes to the Dome. And for Syracuse, another opportunity to win and win big and get a big resume-building win on that on that ledger. And truly, honestly, I think that's all that's missing for SU right now. All that's missing is that signature win. They're good enough in that first quadrant. They're good throughout the bottom. Quadrants three and quadrants four. Their only loss that can even remotely be seen as a bad loss is to Georgia Tech on the road and you're in in conference. They're in good position, except for one thing that's lacking. And for a lot of teams, that might be an issue. For a lot of teams, that might be a problem. But not for this SU team, and not for this SU team because of the way the schedule is built. Right? The schedule was built so that SU has three opportunities in their final four games to win against top 25 teams. And now the Orange just has to take advantage of that. Will they be able to becomes the question. You know, if they play like they did on Saturday. If they get that performance out of O'Shea Brissett, which he has been doing relatively consistently now over the last couple of weeks, if they get that performance out of Frank Howard, and if they get that performance out of Merrick Dolzhai to go along with what you normally get out of Tyus Battle, That might just be enough. That might just be enough to win tomorrow night. That might just be enough to beat Clemson in a little under two weeks. But Syracuse needs that. Syracuse needs things to go their way in order to win these games. Is that enough to beat uh, a Marvin Bagley-less Duke team? Is Marvin Bagley going to play? We don't know. Syracuse has these opportunities because they play in the ACC. And it's easy to say conference record doesn't matter, and I I don't necessarily disagree with you, as Pat called in yesterday and said. The committee doesn't look strictly at conference record. But the conference is important. The conference does matter in this regard. That Syracuse now has these chances. That Syracuse now has these opportunities. That this game, Saturday's game, and next Saturday's game are on the docket with the Orange getting a chance to get three top 25 wins. Wins that they have not had over the course of this year. And really, the only teams in the top 25 that they've played, Virginia twice. And how many teams have beaten Virginia this year? Two. Right? So it kind of proves your point there. That Virginia team this year is as unbeatable a team as we've got in college basketball. 
So you've got to go elsewhere, and you've got to try and get a win somewhere. Syracuse almost got Virginia on the road. And maybe if you play a team that's not the best team in the country and maybe is the 10th best team in the country, like UNC, like Clemson, maybe you could shake things up and and get one of these wins. One of these top-line wins. One of these wins that goes on the top of your resume. And I think that when Syracuse gets one of these three games, that'll be enough to push them over the top. I think that would be enough to get them in. But I do think they need to keep winning games. Don't just win one of these. Win, beat Boston College. Win two of these games against top 25 teams. You never feel safe. You never feel safe enough. But right now, all that's missing from Syracuse's resume, all that's missing for this Orange team is getting a top-line win. And it's not necessarily their fault that they haven't gotten it. Their schedule is backloaded. The only top 25 team they played is is Virginia twice, and that Virginia team has been so good over the course of this year. It's not their fault that the ACC schedule set up so that three of the last four were against the three of the best four teams in this conference, or that the ACC as a whole is down from where it was last year. That's not necessarily their fault, but SU has to take advantage of it. SU has to take the opportunity that is there for this team. And if they could take advantage of that, and if they can win one or two of these games against top 25, top 15 opponents, we're probably seeing them in March, which I don't think we would have pictured at the beginning of the year. Seth on Orange Nation. On ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. This is Orange Nation. Seth Goldberg with you. Stephen Fonte out on vacation. He'll be back on Thursday. We'll break down SU and UNC tomorrow night. Your phone calls welcome 315 437 7644. And I was going to talk some SU basketball here, but as I was talking with Coach Griffin, I, I saw pop across my Twitter feed uh, some news from Louisville. And quite frankly, I, I find that more interesting right now in that the NCAA has held up their punishment against Louisville in the in the stripper and hooker uh, you know, violations. I find it interesting, first off, uh, that we we now have to clarify with Louisville which violations we're talking about. Like, are we talking about the time they hired strippers and hookers and brought them into into dorm rooms, or are we talking about the time the FBI caught them laundering money? Like, which one are we talking about? But today we're talking about the first one, and the NCAA held up their punishment, which means that all their wins are gone in like a four year stretch. From 2011-2012 through 2014-2015. All their wins are gone. uh, Where an ineligible player played. And that includes, interestingly enough, the national championship game. For the first time ever, the NCAA has uh, pulled back a national championship game. And said, it didn't happen. Louisville didn't win it. 
And I, I'm conflicted on this because schools deserve to get punished, right? Syracuse deserves to get punished for what they do. Uh, Louisville deserves to get punished for what they did. UNC deserved to get punished, which they didn't, for what they did. Schools deserve to get punished. But the, the question becomes what the right form of that punishment is, right? And I, and, and I just don't know. I don't know that this is the punishment for that. I don't know that this makes any sense. Saying, hey, you have to pull down that banner that says you went to a Final Four, that says you went to a national championship game, that says you won a national championship game. Hey, you need to give back Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy. That kind of punishment just doesn't make sense to me. And it's one that still doesn't make sense after seeing it year after year, school after school, situation after situation. It's a dumb punishment. It's a stupid idea. And yet the NCAA keeps going back to it. The NCAA keeps going back to this idea of let's punish the school by saying their games never happened. And I, I, I have trouble wrapping my mind around this idea. I was at that Final Four. Right? Like, I was in the building. Syracuse was playing. I was an SU student. I made the trip down. I was sitting there as Wichita State was leading Louisville, and then Peyton Siva and Luke Hancock and that that Louisville team that stormed back from down double digits against Syracuse in the Big East tournament did the same thing to that Wichita State team in the Final Four. And then I was in the building two days later. When Peyton Siva and Luke Hancock went off and staved off a Spike Albrecht miracle performance and won the national title. Right? I was sitting right there. I saw it with my own eyes. You can't tell me that didn't happen. You can't tell me that did not happen. It just seems like such a silly, hollow, petty punishment, doesn't it? Oh, well, we're kind of toothless. We can't do anything else. We might as well just scrub them from our record books. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, what good does it do to do that? What good does it do... To say, hey, Jim Beheim, you haven't won 1,000 games. You've really only won 921. Like, what good does that do you? Hey, Rick Pitino, uh, I hope you know a good uh, surgeon because you're going to have to get that, that 2013 Louisville National Championship tattoo removed because guess what? You didn't win it. Like, what's the point of this? What's the point of what the NCAA is trying to do? And isn't there a better punishment? Can't we just find the schools and leave the banners up? Because that's the part that these schools really care about, right? They care about the money they lost from these games. They care about the money they've lost because those games didn't happen. Air quotes. That's what they care about. 
they don't care, you know, necessarily that the NCAA doesn't think they want a title. Because every Louisville fan in their right mind, every Syracuse fan in their right mind, every USC football fan knows that they won those games. So why do that part of it? Why worry about it? Why take the extra step? Just say, hey, we're going to fine you. The fine is going to be somewhere in this range. You know, it's the amount of money that you would have made in those NCAA tournament games, in those Big East tournament games, in those ACC tournament games, in that BCS championship, whatever it may be. Why not take the money away and let them keep the wins? The wins are the superficial part. The money is what stings. The money is what hurts these universities. I doubt they care very much that those wins are taken away and that the NCAA thinks in their record books that Louisville didn't win a national title. Because every Louisville fan knows that they did. Every Louisville fan knows that they won in 2013. Just like every Syracuse fan knows that last year on, you know, the first Saturday of February, Jim Beheim got his 1,000th win. And every Syracuse fan knows that Jim Beheim, not Mike Krzyzewski, was the first coach to 1,000 wins at a school. Right? Everybody knows that up here. Everybody knows that around college basketball. So why can't we come up with a better punishment? Why can't we come up with something that makes maybe a little bit more sense? You know, that makes a little bit more, you know, realistic sense. Because this doesn't do it for me. This doesn't matter for me. I know Louisville won. I know Syracuse won. I know Penn State won those games. I know USC won those games. It just doesn't matter. And it feels so stupid for the NCAA to come in, and I'm going to drop a movie reference that I haven't seen, but use the men in black pens and try and wash our minds out, right? And and wipe our minds out and say that we haven't seen it. It's just so stupid. It feels unnecessary. It feels like there's something better we could do. 315-437-7644 is the telephone number. We've got Dro on the line. Hello, Dro. How are you today? I'm doing well. I listened to the Louisville press conference on the uh, on the Louisville, Louisville ESPN radio. It's a joke. And in that conference, he I liked the president, I believe, he referenced the UNC. We don't know what the rules are. There's a lot of great errors. Like with the UN, University of North Carolina, he brought the, their name up. And I, this whole thing's a joke. Louisville won the 2013 National Championship. Louisville won the 2013 Big East Championship against Syracuse. Syracuse does not deserve to get rewarded the Big East Championship because they lost to Louisville. It's a joke. This whole NCAA thing is a joke. How they handle things, I'm still bitter about how they handle the whole Syracuse issues and the NCAA. I just don't, and I'm going back to North Carolina. You had fake classes for decades. We all know why North Carolina got off. We all know why. Money. That's the bottom line. 
That's it. They turn a blind eye. They found a loophole. They didn't want to punch North Carolina. They're off. You're taking Louisville's championship away? Give me a break. We all know they won the championships. They were taking them away. And I go back, and I didn't agree at the time. They should have played Fab Mel in 2012. And let us go for that national championship. And they want it. You're going to take it away from us? Oh, we can't show the banner anymore? Give me a break. Find them. Do what you got to do. Those guys earned that championship. And I'm going to tell you right now, I hope this FBI thing blows up college basketball because there's a lot of shady garbage going on out there. And the NCAA should be put on high alert here because when the FBI bombshell drops, which I believe will drop March 9th, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a whole different story for the NCAA. This is ridiculous. They know what goes on over there. And, oh, we're going to, we're just, uh, we're going to take Louisville's championship away. Give me a break. The, the kids earned the championship. I, I just, it's a joke. They do what they want to do. They make the rules they want to make. They turn a blind eye when they want to turn a blind eye. That's the bottom line. And the only reason ever investigated us is because our idiot president, excuse me, Nancy Kanner, um, alerted the NCAA in something. And they're on campus for 10 years. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke what they did, and, it, and I can't wait to have Jay Billis give his take on this because I'm sure he will not be kind with the NCAA. No, Drew, thank you for the call. And I, I look, I agree with uh, all all of that. The NCAA has become a joke. Uh, you're taking these championships away from guys who earned it, deserve it, won it, and it doesn't really accomplish anything other than the fine that goes with it. So get rid of the superficial thing of taking away these wins and saying you can't hang the banner and just say, hey, we're fining you a million dollars. We're fining you a million and a half dollars. Don't take the 123 wins and national title away from them. Like, it's it's just dumb. It's just stupid to me. It makes no sense. And to Drew's point, yeah. If you know a kid's ineligible and you're going to get the hammer on you anyway, there's no reason not to just keep playing them, is there? And I'll have to talk to somebody else about this. I'll, I'll have to get some insight on this. But if they knew, if Syracuse knew that they were going to get penalties for Fab Mello, I'm curious why, what the punishment would have been if they would have just kept playing him. Oh, they, they vacate three more losses, three more wins. Okay. Like, wouldn't you take that? So I, I'm curious to see what the punishment would be if, like, you knew that he was ineligible and the NCAA was going to come down on you and you just decided to keep doing it anyway. Like, what possible punishment could there be? Oh, man, they vacated five more games. Shucks. We can't hang that second national championship banner that everybody in the world knows we have. Darn. How stupid is this? How ridiculous is this? I don't even care. I'm not a Louisville fan. I, I couldn't I couldn't care less. I hated that Louisville team. And I'm going and defending them. They deserve to have their banner up. Rick Pitino's got a tattoo on his shoulder. He knows they won that game. Everybody in the world knows they won that game. Except for like 70 years from now, when we're all gone, and 80 years from now, and 100 years from now, and nobody's watching anymore, and nobody lived through it. That's when it matters. Give me a break. Take a break. 
But before we do, Steve in North Syracuse on the line. 315-437-7644. Steve, thanks for calling in. I, I, I'm curious if you're going to be the, the cooler head here and, and calm me down before we take a break. Well, I'm, I'm going to make a couple of clarifications. Firstly, the, the last caller uh, suggested that we are now the 2013 Big East champions. No, we're not. Uh, that isn't the way they, they, they do it. They, they just vacate wins. They don't give wins or championships to the other team so that we are not elevated in, in any way by doing this. Also, I, uh, I the last time I called in, I was lauding our uh, – consecutive uh, uh, 48 consecutive year streak of winning seasons and you brought up the point what about those wins that the NCAA vacated <laughs> right. well, 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 one thing that I should have added there is that if you look at the NCAA basketball record book which is online they don't list that record they don't have a, a list of the all time consecutive winning seasons it's not there therefore it's an unofficial uh, record and I've always felt if it's going to be an unofficial record, we should be able to count our unofficial wins toward it. So that's why I still consider the the, the record to be intact there. Overall, I, I I absolutely agree with you. If you're going to punish anybody, you should punish them in the pocketbook with fines for institutions and individuals who did things wrong, suspensions of individuals, even banishments of individuals wherever they go so you don't get a – a coach who gets his school in trouble and then gets a job somewhere else and the school's being punished but not him. Also, they, they often uh, take so long to investigate these things that the teams that are on probation contain no coaches or players that were involved in the violations. So if you do it with, with fines, suspensions, and banishments, it's going to wind up being a lot more fair than the way they do it now. Yeah, Steve, I'm with you. Find the Find the institution... Give the coaches a show cause ban and say, hey, you, Jim Tressel, you can't coach for five years. Bruce Pearl, you can't coach for three years. They've done that in other situations. Uh, I would, I would, That's the approach I would take. And this comes up each time. Like, you know, if there's a major violation, do that. You know, make sure the coach isn't jumping ship and going somewhere else or, you know, isn't doing these same things at, at your institution again. Like, I, I'm in favor of that. If it's a big enough deal that you're going to vacate a national title? Tell Rick Pitino he can't coach for five years. Not that he's going to, but tell Rick Pitino he can't coach for five years. See how quickly that punishment deters people from actually cheating. Hey, coach, uh, congratulations. You won hundreds of games. You're a Hall of Fame coach. You're you're, you're also not allowed to coach for the next five years. Oh, that's what Rick got? Mm. You know what? Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I don't want to take that that step. I think we might see some of that out of the FBI stuff. If it is as big a deal as it is reported to be, we might see that.